glad I know who Jesus is. If you'd like to find your place in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And the title of the message is Christmas According to Luke. And we've been answering the question, why did Jesus come? And if you haven't followed along these messages, or this, it is a series that we've been preaching over the last three weeks now. And you could go back and, and catch those messages there on our website on Sermon Audio. But we do thank those that are joining us now by the way of the internet. We thank God for your presence. Please pray for us. And I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Christ-centered New Year. If the Lord tarries, may our, may our life be centered around Christ and the Bible. And if we'll make much of the Bible, I promise you God will make much of us. And uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorified and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. that This is most likely the most quoted and most read uh, from portion of scripture in reference to the birth of our Savior. Religious Christmas cards and greeting cards will quote from this passage. And can I just, uh, just say something here as a side note? If you're going to send Christmas cards, make sure it's got the King James Bible verses on it. And uh, don't, don't pick up a, a Christmas card just because they're on sale or they're cheap and they don't have the right Bible verses in them. And that's just a little side note, just something to think about right there. But, you know, most manger scenes depict the story that we just read in Luke chapter 
chapter 2. They, they even add the wise men who, by the way, were not there. Okay, they were not there at the birth of Jesus. And, and can I say, nowhere in Scripture does it say that Mary rode a donkey to Bethlehem. Now, I know it makes for good books, it makes for good cartoons, it makes for good even little uh, Christmas shows or things like that, or, or Christmas cards, but Nestor and Clopper and Jasper and Davy and even Joseph's unnamed donkey are all fictional characters. And I don't particularly care about the second verse of Away in a Manger. You say, well, my goodness, man, are you against everything? No, no, but we need to stay scriptural <coughs> when it comes to the birth of Jesus. The second verse, <coughs> excuse me, of Away in a Manger goes like this. It says, the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. There's no verses in the Bible to support the fact that there were any cattle where Jesus was born. There were any cows or any sheep. The sheep were out in the pasture. You know, that's where the shepherds were. <laughs> they were out there and, and uh, you know, there's, no, there's no verses that support that there was a donkey there or a chicken in the place where Jesus was born. And, and in John chapter 11, we see that Jesus wept. As an adult, Jesus cried. So that tells me that he cried as a child as well. We need to make sure that what we sing is scriptural. Every Christmas, my family and I, we read from Luke chapter 2 on Christmas Eve. My wife was uh, watching a movie. There were these Christmas movies that are on TV uh, and the other day. And I, I, I heard someone, as I walked by, I heard someone reading from this same passage uh, and from the King James Bible uh, in the movie there. But you know, if we're not careful, we're going to put our focus on the who was there, the whereabouts of Jesus' birth, and the how of this story, instead of focusing on the why of this story. For the past two weeks, we've been answering the question, why did Jesus come? In John, we saw Jesus came to declare the God, to declare God the Father to every person. In Mark, we saw that Jesus came to declare the gospel and lay his life down a ransom for many. But if we're not careful, we'll totally miss the reason for which Jesus came. It's so easy to get absorbed with our family traditions this time of year, our customs and, uh, and our get-togethers and to the point where we'll fail to acknowledge the Christ of Christmas. You cannot have Christmas without Christ. The word Christmas means the mass of Christ or the worship of Christ. I'm not against Christmas trees. I'm not against Christmas decorations or Christmas foods. But how many people will go all out for Christmas, but they'll never acknowledge the why of Christmas. Why did Jesus come? People around the world who have all different types of beliefs have no issue with the birth of Christ, but they do have an issue as to why he was born. Over in Matthew, we read about Herod. And once Herod, the chief priests and the scribes, found out about Jesus, 
that one that was born king of the Jews, they immediately took issue with his birth. Why is that? Because they thought that their little apple cart was about to get disturbed. You know, many people will refuse to believe in Jesus because if they do, it will upset their little apple cart. Whether they live like a pauper or they live like a king, I mean, they're just not going to give up their lifestyle. I'm not going to give up my drugs. I'm not going to give up my alcohol and my pleasures of sin. And I'm not going to give up my time or my money or my temporary goals and desires. And I could go on and on. You know, Jehovah Witnesses, they, they don't celebrate Christmas. But they'll still take the bonuses that they get from their jobs. They'll still take the holiday time off that their jobs give them. They'll even benefit from all the Christmas sales uh, at the stores. <laughs> you know, if they were truly as devoted as they claim they are, wouldn't they demand to, be, to not be given a bonus? Wouldn't they demand to, to not be given time off for something they claim they don't believe in? And you know, the same goes for atheists and Jews and, and Muslims and Buddhists. <laughs> They don't believe in the reason why Jesus came, but they don't mind collecting the temporal benefits of his coming. Christmas, according to Luke, we're answering the question today as to why did Jesus come? And we find the answer here in our passage in verse 10. And the angel saith, said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What does a Savior do? He saves people. What does he save them from? The Romans? Their problems? No, Jesus came to save them from their sin. Go down to verse 25 with me. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the, the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against... Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts, and underline this, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. We're answering the question as to why did Jesus come, and don't miss it. At the end here of verse 35, uh, we have the reason, another reason as to why Jesus came. He came to reveal the hearts of many.
Well, what did he reveal about their hearts? Well, we see that Herod's heart was revealed. Immediately we see Herod filled with pride, filled with self-will, filled with hate and fears. We see his lack of knowledge of God. The religious crowd that hung around Herod, their hearts were revealed. Oh, they knew the scriptures. They knew all about the prophecies, but they were not looking for them to be fulfilled. They were just happy just going through the motions uh, when it came uh, to their religion. We also see that the sinner's heart was revealed. In Hebrews 4.12 it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts, uh, and don't miss this, and intents of the heart. Every time that Jesus preached, what happened? Some people saw themselves as sinners in need of a Savior, while others who trusted in their religion and their pedigree and their good deeds saw themselves as not needing a Savior and they rejected the reason why Jesus came. Jesus came to save all who will put their faith in Him. You see, Jesus came to reveal man's heart. What does the Bible say about the condition of the man's heart? The Bible says it's wicked, it's desperately wicked, and who can know it? But the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Why do people not want to come to church and sit under King James Bible preaching or, or even listen to a gospel presentation as you knock on their door and you attempt to tell them about the Savior and why He came and they immediately slam the door in your face and they don't want to hear what you have to say because right here's the reason, because the Word of God will reveal their heart. Why do you think so many people flock to where a watered-down version of the Bible is used? I'm going to tell you why. Because there's very little preaching on sin and where anywhere those versions are used. That there's very little preaching on being accountable to God and walking with God. There's very little preaching on separation and godly living. Oh, just come as you are, leave as you are. No stepping on people's toes. No Holy Ghost conviction in those places. But you see, the Holy Ghost uses the Word of God to convict people of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. In Proverbs 29.18 it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where the Word of God is not preached, the people perish. And that's what this passage is saying here. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You see, people just like Herod and just like that religious crowd of Herod's day, they don't want their little apple cart of sin and self-will to be upset. 
Well, I just don't like going over there to that Baptist church there to use that King James Bible because that preacher, all he does is preach on sin. And you know, that makes me feel bad. I just want my ears tickled and I just want for somebody to pat me on the back and just tell me that I'm good the way I am. That I can just be whoever I want to be, whatever I want to be. I just want to feel good about myself. I don't want to feel bad about my sins. Well, you see, why did Jesus come? He came to reveal man's heart. And man's heart is wicked, it's polluted with sin. In Matthew one twenty one, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus came because the world has a sin problem. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, a very familiar verse there. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. Jesus came for all people and have come short of the glory of God. Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. We understand that the wages of sin is death. But thank God Jesus came and he paid our debt and he gave his life a ransom for many. Let's keep reading there in Romans 3.24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be the just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Jesus came to declare his righteousness. And the only way that we can have the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life and be declared righteous is through Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a very important question. Have you believed in Jesus? I'm not asking you if you believed that he was born I'm not asking you about that. I'm asking you, do you believe why he came? That he is the just and the justifier, the only justifier of all those who put their faith in him. Have you believed the reason why Jesus came? Christian, can I ask you this? Does your life reflect why Jesus came? Are you about the Father's business as Jesus was? And if you're not, then can I just ask you, why not? Why not? In Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christian is the glory of the Lord shining through you. During this time of the year, you and I may be the only gospel light someone else ever sees. If you're not saved today, then please don't delay. 
Would you repent of your sin and repent of your unbelief and put your faith in Jesus as your Savior? That is why Jesus came.